Join Tim and Christina Madden, co-founders of Executive Career Upgrades on their podcast, The Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. As an executive in today's highly competitive job market, it can be tough to succeed. However, with Tim's nationally recognized career advice and Christina's mindset expertise, you can reach your full potential. Tune in to upgrade your career and get ahead of the competition. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Executive Group Upgrades Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Hey, we got Tim and Christina Madden here. Hey, if you don't know us, we help those targeting six figures and beyond on all things career. We are coming to you in a different light. So as many of you knew last week, I'm in the podcast studio, but we get we got to get some audio, right? We need a crisp. So we got our podcast engineer who's going to be setting everything up. So we're hoping by next week or the week after we are we are all hooked up, and uh, so we're really excited about that. Hey, Tim, I want you to move your microphone actually just a little bit closer to you. It might help us out even more. Excellent. How about this? I'll just go like Jocko Willink. Ready? Here's what he does. He sits actually, like this. That's actually a lot like this, And then he says, better. Good. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Hey, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network, the fastest growing on Facebook. Check us out. 12,000 members there, directors, VPs, and executives from across the nation. If you're watching the ECN, we are monitoring the comments, so say hi. And to our friends at LinkedIn and YouTube, we're streaming there now as well. And of course, a lot of you, hey, we upload it everywhere on the internet to um, iTunes and Spotify. So do us a favor, as always, if we give you anything of value today, hey, share it with a friend. Share it with a business professional that you know that may be going on an interview soon. And hey, before we get started, two more quick things is me and Karina, Christina are really excited because, hey, over the past six months, we've launched some books that have got some bestsellers. Christina, around the fearless executive and mind, discipline equals dream job. Just know, hey, they're still available on Amazon, but we are working towards now putting them over on Audible. So give us a little bit of time. We got an audible version because I know people have been asking us and we're really excited to share that Christina because we were even saying like there's so many extra things that we wanted to put in on, on the audible version when we record it. Um, all those all those other golden nuggets that we miss we can add on there so stay tuned for that. As always if you need help in your career go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. All right Christina episode 102 crushing executive interviews, how you can use the psychology of persuasion. I don't even know why I'm here. You're the most persuasive person I know, right? I should just, I should just let you take over. Just, just let you take over. So Christina, I want to kick it off with with this. Okay. Hang on. I want to share a story. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of persuasiveness, Tim this week or a couple days ago, said, you know what, sat me down and said, you know, I'm just really proud of you. And, you know, if you know anything about Tim, he doesn't hand out these kind of compliments very easy, not only just not around the household, but around other people, friends, family, team. Like, I'm just saying this guy's standards is pretty high. And he's like, I am just so proud of you about the book launch. But then even further than that, he said, you would make the best sergeant major that I've ever known. And I was like, well, wait a second, because I could never take, you know, 
um, orders from anybody and I definitely am not cut out for the military. So I wanted to pause here about like the, the art of persuasiveness and just to give you like a little context of what he's talking about is being able to enroll people in the idea of who I am and being able to enroll people into my vision um, and then really creating the logistics and path to how that can happen. Right. So when we're talking about this awesome topic that we're going to dive into, that's what he means about me being so persuasive. It's not so much that I'm great at sales, which I am, but I'm great at enrolling people into this idea of who I am and where I want to go. Um, and I just wanted to stop there because that's really what we're talking about. And we are certainly talking about that when it comes to interviews. Yep, exactly. That's where I wanted to start. So, hey, to get us started, right? No. Hey, all of our mentors who are very successful people in business right now, right? They know the definition of very important words, right? Most people know what success means. No, most people know what, hey, to persuade someone means, right? But it's really good to understand the definition of these words. So let's kick it off with persuasion is the ability or process of influencing someone to do or believe something usually by words, images, right? Presentations, maybe. Persuasion can be used for various purposes, such as conveying people to buy a product, which is in turn, in this case, you support a cause, change their belief, or adopt a certain belief. So with that being said, hey, as you're approaching these interviews, why I told Christina she's such a good sergeant major, right? For, hey, if you served in the military, hey, drop it in the comments if you're watching live right now. 23 years, Army retired captain, right? Spent a long time on the enlisted side as well. But with that being said, hey, we have to talk about before we even get to the event, right? Because if we're going to persuade people to hire us because of our value that we project through the interview. One of the most important things, and back to a sergeant major, right, in the military, what do they focus on, right? They make sure everyone's in the right uniform, everyone's on time, everyone's doing what they're supposed to, everyone's prepared, everyone's trained before the event, and a lot more. And that's what Christine is really good about. But when we talk about if we're going into an event to persuade someone, whether it's a job interview, a date, a business deal, or anything, man, look sharp, feel sharp, and prepare before the event. Christina, I know we touch on this. We've talked about a couple topics, but can you tell people like, even if you have the ability to persuade people because you know the word tracks, you know body language, everything we're going to get into. First, we have to make sure that we can we we show up as the best version of ourselves. Do you agree? Yes. And guys, by the way, speaking of all of this, we invited our team out to spend some time at headquarters with us. And so I am surrounded by the most amazing people, but my walls are paper thin. So I'm going to have it on mute when I'm not talking. So just um, bear with me on that. So, yeah. You know, when I went through a leadership program and I started learning the importance of how we look and how we show up, my mind was really blown. And I was like, wow, I, I immediately wanted to implement that with our team. And wouldn't you know, all of a sudden everybody's happier. We're making more money. People are looking great. We're getting better client results. Well, because it's all important because it's how we feel and how we feel matters because the outcomes of our meetings matter. 
Okay. And there's a lot of controversy on this topic right now, right? Everybody's like, oh, work-life balance and be comfortable, be yourself. And I'm probably going to tick some people off, but only work, you know, two days a week or whatever this two day work week is or whatever. And if that's, if that's for you, then that's fine. Make sure you target that and go live that out. But when it comes to like high performance um, coaching and, and high performance teams, that's just not how I see it. Um, so I like people to look sharp, right? If you're, if you're offering a world-class service and you want people to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars, you, you better reflect an image of greatness. Um, and confidence and one way you can do that is immediately the most low hanging fruit before tactics and strategies and you know value and problem solving is how do you look i can't i can't preach this enough and even if you are in a remote culture you'll see us every week now in our jackets you see nice offices behind us tim is in our media room it's important to me how we're seen in the world because people desperately need leadership and they desperately need people to look up to um, and if you can't be that person just visually there's a problem there. So when you are tackling the art of persuasion and the, the psychology of persuasion, this is the very first place to start. What do you look like? What do you feel like? And are you proud of who you are? Remember this too, the sharper you show up and the more confident you feel about yourself, it's going to be easier to persuade someone. And most of you listening to this are going on job opportunities that pay pretty well, right? And hey, Luther, I see you over there on YouTube, my man. Thanks for tuning in. But with that being said, right, if someone's going to hire you and pay you 300, 250, 400, 500 or more, how do you want them to perceive you when they're just showing up like, hey, this is a step of persuasion, right? Like we have to get there first and look good and do certain things to even be, you know, for them to see us as essentially a trusted advisor. So while we're not going to talk about all that, Hey, look sharp, feel good. And most of these interviews or on zoom have a good backdrop, not like Tim men's now, Hey, forgive me. I'm in the media room, but see Christina's Essentially, hey, it's nice. It's organized. She has some places she's been featured there, something like that. Everybody's got a certificate of achievement, man, right? Surround yourself with them. Put some books in your background. I think that's, yeah. So next, right? By using some of these principles of psychology, right, of persuasion in these executive interviews, right, they can help you like effectively communicate, which is the most important part of these interviews, right? Knowing how to effectively communicate. Now, here's what I'm going to pause before I finish and say, get some books on John Maxwell, right? The best one. He just came out with a new communication book, but the other one is great. Everyone communicates, few connect because, right? You need to be able to effectively communicate your qualifications, right? Your experiences, how you've been successful and make a compelling case for why you're the ideal candidate for the position, right? And there are many things that we can go into. Where do you want to start, Christina? What do you think is the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to, and let's keep it to the the job search today, right? Okay. okay. So the most important part in the art of persuasion and interviewing, again, way before you get to their pain points and tactics and strategies on how to discuss your value and then land the job guys that's that's not where we're headed with this okay we're headed with we're headed toward the psychology of persuasion in and of itself okay so now we know how we want to show up we know what we want to look like we know what we want to feel like we know all that matters 
The next thing is truly connecting. Like just what he just said, John Maxwell, many or most or all communicate and few connect. Okay. So now you want to be thinking about what am I, what, what are my listening skills? Like how, how are my listening skills right now? So when we talk about communication, that means being in my, in my opinion. Okay. And what I've learned over building ECU. Okay. And through my long extensive sales and leadership background, what I know is that if you are not present in the moment and, you know, willing to listen to what is being said to you, it's going to be very difficult to appropriately respond, appropriately lead the conversation. And essentially you're going to find yourself, you know, almost being like, um, I don't want to say like victim in the conversation, but kind of dragging people around in the conversation and not really having a flow in the conversation that you can really count on. So are you missing important things that they're saying about who they are as a person, what's happening in certain departments? Um, some like, are you skipping over that because you're so nervous? That's one reason that people aren't present in a conversation. Not prepared, not prepared, nervous, haven't done any mindset work, lack of confidence, all of these things can lead you into not being present in a conversation. And let me just give you guys an example. Let's say I have one of you guys come to me and you book a call and you're thinking about working with ECU and I'm listening to you. Okay. And I want to be listening carefully to your problems and your job search and your life and who you are as a person, because again, I want to help you solve that. I'm your trusted advisor. Well, if you tell me that, um, I'm just going to be real because this stuff comes up in the conversations. So-and-so in my family was just diagnosed with cancer. My wife, um, you know, is going to leave me because we're stressed out about finances. If I am looking solely to just only like make a sale, bring you in the program, and, and, and I'm not truly invested in listening to what you're saying, I'm going to unintentionally hop over all that and then go into some like awkward question about, Hey, okay. What, what are you targeting in your job search? This is just an example of how some stuff can happen just in a sales process. So you want to slow down and say like, well, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Or, um, Tim, you can kind of take it from here. I could ramble. Yeah, no, no, no. I really, and great minds think alike because my number one thing was going to be listen, listen to what they are saying. You know, one of our mentors a long time ago, his name is Russ Rafino, right? What he says is when you are, you know, on the other end, whether you're trying to sell a product or a service or yourself in interviews, right? Is we need to be able to actively listen. You should be listening typically more than you're speaking because here's why. How are you going to be able to sell yourself if you don't know what they're really looking for? You don't know where their challenges are and you don't know where, where, where they're going. You're not going to be able to, right? So you have to ask these questions and then actively listen. Now, let me give you a couple examples because what we're talking about is to persuade someone essentially into our belief system, if you will. This isn't the best context maybe, but I like to use the words of the person I am speaking with sometimes to just repeat it because words are very powerful. For instance, um, if they say something like, right, let's get into some, well, first, no, 
being a consultant, what we learned from Russ Rafino, right? He was like, Hey, imagine you are a physician. And I tell our clients this all the time. So clients, if you're watching, hang tight for a sec. Okay. Is imagine when you go to the doctor, right? Cause you hurt your, your back, right? What is the doctor going to say? He's going to be quiet. Is he going to bulldoze you? You know, bulldoze, like they start talking, you start talking. No, they're not. They're very calm, typically collected, right? And they're going to ask questions like, hey, Christina, let's play this out, Christina. Hey, what brings you in today, Christina? My foot hurts. Okay. I'm using her words. Hey, what hurts specifically about your foot? Oh, my toe every once in a while. It feels sore. Okay. Did you ever injure it to your knowledge? You know, did you drop something on it a couple months ago? Did you twist a certain way? Oh yeah, you're right. I was cleaning the garage and I did stub my toe. Okay. How much pain have you been in? See what I'm doing right now though, right? Your job as an expert interviewer is to be a consultant. We need to be able to ask these questions and then actively listen to further fact find. And the problem is most people don't do that. They say this, are you ready? Hey, Christina, what's wrong with you? Right. What's well, wrong with you, I, Christina? I don't know what's wrong with me. My wife scheduled this appointment. Say <laughs> <laughs> your toe hurts. Christina, what's wrong with you? My toe hurts. Great. Take these medications. Here's your diagnosis plan. I'll see you in two months. That's what a lot of you guys are doing when you're on these interviews, right? And that's not going to be effective. To actively listen, we need to make sure we're asking the questions to get to the root cause or whatever their challenge is, wherever they're trying to go and what's preventing them from going there. Or more importantly, what are they looking for? So to actively listen, we need to be able to ask questions and then steer them in the right direction. Okay. And again, guys, usually if you miss this, right, or you're not listening or you miss the toe part and you're like, oh, you know, it's unintentionally that you miss this stuff. That, that's what I'm getting at. Like, this is the easiest mistake to make. I can't tell you. I've been on hundreds, if not thousands of calls over the last 15 years where I have personally, personally made this mistake. Why? Well, again, lack of proper planning, sometimes a nervous energy. Or B, just like not in my right mindset with the right intention around why I'm connecting. So if you need like an actionable on this, before you go into an interview, especially if it's remote, put yourself on a couple of, um, sorry about that, Google reminder, put yourself on a couple of post-it notes. One of them can say, um, oh, it's escaping me, but it can say connect. Okay, that'll remind you to not move forward in the conversation until you feel connected and to listen. And if you find yourself leaving the present moment, it can feel like an out-of-body experience, especially some of you guys who get really nervous on these interviews. So put your feet on the ground, put your shoulders back, get some oxygen going, breathe. These are some physical things that you can do that will help you stay grounded and present in the moment. And then have yourself a couple of visual cues to get you back on track. <clears throat> This is easy to lose control of you guys. Sometimes, I mean, you guys might be thinking like, oh, you've been on interviews and you feel like you've totally lost control of the conversation. You hang up, you're like, oh my God, I didn't get a chance to say this, this and that. I should have asked this, this and that. So that be, that's from lack of being present. And it's tough. This is not easy to do, by the way, guys. 
there that's are why you that's why you practice right and another thing too is hey to to persuade them right we need to demonstrate our expertise our credibility early on at the interview at the very beginning right we want to share relevant what we perceive as relevant accomplishments and experiences that highlight right like our qualifications specifically for this role and we typically want to back it up with data and metrics to support our claims this is just how to demonstrate authority early on because here's why how many times ladies and gentlemen you've been here if you're listening to this podcast you have hired probably a decent amount of people right or wrong right and with that being said how many people are you 60 seconds in and you're like, oh my God, right? I know they're not the right one. You know what's crazy? You know, and we tell our clients that 90, what, what is it, like 75, something like that, 75% of people are ready to make a hiring decision in 60 seconds if they had to, right? So you have a little bit of time. So when we're talking about persuading people as we're just starting, we're looking good, we're doing all of that, and we're having a sharp presentation at the beginning, which is just like, hey, I know you're looking for this. Here's why I'm qualified. Here's why I'm excited to talk to you. And if you have good energy, okay, this is going to prime them to be easier to persuade them in the future, right? In the future of that conversation. And the better we do, the more apt we are to go to the second round. And the better you do through each round, the more you're going to maximize your competition or your, your compensation, sorry. So, hey, you need to, to be able to persuade people on these interviews, you need to present yourself as the authority at the beginning of the call, right? So if I'm a CRO of software sales and Christina's the hiring manager and she says, tell me about yourself, which is the first question literally everyone asks, right? I'm going to say a little bit about me, maybe some icebreaker, right? I'll skip that part for now, but I'm going to say, hey, Christina, for the past 20 years, I've been a CRO for these mid-sized tech companies. I've sold over half a billion dollars of software products, led teams of up to this, 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 and companies bring me in when they want to increase revenue quickly, right? Hey, I'm excited to talk to you today, Christina, because I saw your business growth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? That is how you need to start this. You need to look good. You need to sound good. You need to be confident and you need to let them know at the beginning, hey, I'm dealing with a professional. Guys, we just, so, someone on our team met with the CEO yesterday who got laid off who had a backwards hat on, right? Laying in bed thinking, right? Like that is not the way to conduct an interview guys, right? Let me know right now how many people want their CEO in bed with the backwards hat on doing a meeting for a 50 to $100 million company, right? Right? So remember that when you're showing up, right? To interviews, to networking calls. Hey, here's another thing. A friend you had five years ago, but you haven't reconnected soon man, I want to look sharp all the time, right? I, I want to be perceived as that, right? So make sure you're building that authority so it helps you, right, later on in the interview, right, be able to persuade that person. Because if you don't make a, a good first impression, you're not dressed sharp, you got a bunch of stuff going on in your background, it's going to be really hard to persuade somebody, right? So, And that's Body. a bit of what, a bit of what Tim was a bit of what Tim was touching on there as well as like the storytelling part that we were going to talk about a little bit about. So mm -hmm. when people ask you, tell me a little bit about yourself or what you've done, you can always build in a nice, compelling story. There's nothing 
like persuading people with storytelling. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys. The, okay, so you guys see our emails. Okay, we hit you up what four times a day. We want all the information in front. Twice of Twice a day. Come on. I asked like today. Uh, you see the the posts in our ECN. You see all the Instagram reels, the YouTube shorts. Need I go on? Okay. The most engaged with posts by you guys, our target audience, are the ones telling stories, whether that be about Tim and I's like even just personal life and like what we do at home, um, family wise. It's stories about our clients and what they've gone through in their life and where they've come from and what they've clawed out of. And I'm just letting you guys know there's nothing like storytelling. So if you haven't thought about that in a little while, maybe you should um, as far as like how can you illustrate your abilities, your problem solving skills, and highlight your achievements through very memorable and emotionally engaging stories. That makes it easier for you to connect and for the interviewer to connect with you. And additionally, the way, you know, I know a lot of people struggle with storytelling simply because they don't know the framework. So just know if you're struggling at something, you just don't know the framework, right? Because that is another thing about persuading someone. We need to be consistent in our communication, which means you need to have a storytelling framework. There are many out there. We've done a podcast episode on one. Maybe Raquel or Christy can drop it down below on, you know, interviewing. But, excuse me, with that being said, right, all of these things are important right now we're getting into storytelling so so far we're looking good we have confidence we've prepared we're listening actively we're clarifying the the questions but consistency on our responses right that's why you have to you're gonna fall always to the level of your processes please write that down you will fall to the level of your processes so if you're falling and you do not have a process guess what you are going to continue falling make sense So with that being said, have some framework that works with you on how am I going to answer these questions every time? Okay. So for us, here's the way we do it at ECU. And there's a longer podcast on this. We typically start by saying, so if Christina asked me a question, okay, say, Hey, Tim, have you ever dealt with, um, you know, we have a really bad turnover problem here. You know, how have you dealt with that in, in the past? Maybe that's it. Right. The first thing I want to do, ladies and gentlemen, is most of the time, she said, where is your experience with this? Make sense? So what shouldn't be step one, show them where that experience exists. So number one, we're talking about a timeline. Hey, yes, Christina, I've dealt with turnover a lot. At 2015, I worked for IBM as the senior director of blah, blah, blah. And we had a very big issue with turnover for perspective. Here's how many people I was, I'm giving data. Here's how many people that was on my team. Here's what the turnover rate was. Okay. So number one, essentially what I'm doing is giving a timeline of when this happened and I'm giving perspective, right? This is what you need to share with people. So if Christina asked me a question, I need to give perspective on some time where this happened before. And then number two I like to talk about because of turnover, right? What was that impacting or affecting? Make sense? So turnover. Hey, when I was at IBM, 
It was doing this part two. Hey, and I know turnover is a big challenge for many organizations. Here's how it was impacting ours through time, money, resources, et cetera. Number three is the easy one. Here is specifically what I did to help rectify that error, right? And then number four, I list specific results or achievements, right? So, hey, and because of what I implemented and what I just shared with you, hey, we reduced turnover by X percent, which allowed people to do this, and we saved this much money. You need a framework. So just to recap real quick, if you're taking notes, number one, perspective, giving them my perspective of, hey, when did I handle turnover? When did I do whatever she's talking about, right? And I like to give some data around it. Number two, the impact that that had, right? Number three, how you solved it. Number four, list any positive results. You need to follow a framework, okay? And if you don't have a framework for the interview, a framework for how you're going to answer questions, fill the, the objections that you know are coming, see what happens when you don't have processes? When you bounce around like that without a process, again, you're going to fatigue the listener and you're also going to get extremely fatigued. Mm -hmm. Very tired. You're going to gas out. Mm -hmm. Which that's another thing. Thank you for bringing that up. Attention span. It's 2023 guys. It's bad, man. It's bad. <laughs> All of us right now are trying to have attention on this podcast, right? I got my phone next to me. I'm taking notes. I'm thinking about other stuff for the day. You guys are thinking about the interviews you're going on or, Hey, should I schedule? A There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Right. You want to hear something really cool though, Tim and mm -hmm. our listeners. I just got an email from marketing that says, this is our most highly attended podcast right now. Okay. So like live on the air, I just got that update. And what I love about this, I'm just gonna tell you a quick story guys. Like, again, this isn't easy, right? So we're on episode 102. Okay. We didn't start that way with having that many of you persuaded to, to listen to us and engage with us and, and consider us to be a trusted, relevant source of information in this space, but it's a repetition. Right. So like if you bomb an interview or you bomb some content or whatever, we just talked about, we just talked to Ryan Stuman about this yesterday. Like if you're not willing to take risks and put yourself out there and then push through when it gets hard, you're never going to discover the person that you can be. Right. And in this topic, this podcast topic, we're trying to uncover what kind of interviewer you can be, what kind of communicator can you be, what kind of influencer can you be and master persuader. Ooh, I love that. I'm going to do a master persuader book. That would be great. That's like right up my alley, but that's what we're talking about. So like you have to be willing to put yourself out there over and over and over again. There's entire spiritual practices dedicated to just mastering the mind, being more present. Um, and so guys just understand that this is not easy. And what we're trying to achieve and coach our clients to do is to be in the top 1% of communicators. That's what corporate America needs. Um, that's how, that's who, that's who you need to be in your family, in your community, in your business. Um, and Cause here's the thing. It doesn't stop there, right? Effective communication, while it's so important, it's also, Hey, while it's important in the interview, right. And to get hired, it's 10 times more important once you get in there, cause now you have to have to effectively communicate with your team. Right. So. Next, uh, emotional, right? Emotional appeal, right? How do we appeal to the emotions of whoever's interviewing us, right? By expressing like a genuine passion for that person, the company's missions or values, 
right? So explain, you know, how some of our personal values may align. So when we talk about emotional, what I have for you is you want to persuade someone, figure out what's important to them, ladies and gentlemen. So when you're on an interview, say, hey, I read the job description, but can you give me a brief overview of what's really important to you? Because guess what? If they tell me that and I somehow through storytelling say I'm that, is that not an easy way to persuade someone? But to persuade them first, I need to know, hey, how do I do that? So, so far, we've given you some tactics and strategies around, you know, showing up, some of the, 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 the framework, right? But again, we need to figure out what is important to that individual. And we need to drill down. You may have to ask questions. Hey, what's important to you? One, two, and three. Hey, why did you say number one? Why did you say you know, turnover first, right? So again, make sure we're getting the data we need before we're communicating back to them, right? So we can actually appeal to what matters to them. So many interviews are kind of messed up because they get there, they ask you these canned questions, you hop off and you're like, man, how did I do? I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. And don't, don't confuse emotional appeal with like kumbaya over the top, letting emotions run the show. That's not exactly what we're talking about. We're trying to figure out what lights people up and the mission and vision and core values of the, of the company. Right. <laughs> I was surprised to hear Timmy. I even say emotional. Do you want to, you want to see me get more emotional around the house? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm a I high. We're good there. I'm a, I'm high on the emotional, uh, like spectrum guys. I talk a lot about that in my book, how to overcome that, how to regulate your emotions, because once you let the emotions run the show, even in the interview. Okay. Like if you're, if you have too much judgment on yourself in the moment and your thoughts become like, Oh my gosh, I'm messing this up. Oh my gosh. They may or may not like me. Um, you may have had a bad day already and we're sad going into that. You, you guys got to understand that if you don't regulate that before you go into the, put it aside just for the conversation. Like, I'm just saying like you have your feelings, work through them. We'll talk about that later. But when you go into this interview, you have better re regulated your emotions or else you have not regulated your nervous system. And then your nervous system is, um, running on overload and then you're have surging emotions running through the body. And then I can promise you when you're in that vicious cycle, you're not storytelling, you're not making great decisions. You're not asking good questions. You certainly aren't listening well. Uh, and your IQ literally, I'm not a neuroscientist. You don't have to take my word for this, go Google it, but your, your IQ literally will go down in this like fight or flight state. So this is all great what we're talking about, but if you're not working on yourself, your emotional regulation, Tim said emotions and got me all hyped up here. <laughs> I digress, but you have to regulate some of this stuff going on internally to even do, to do this. And I always go back to that mindset, mindset, mindset. Again, if you struggle with that, the fearless executive available on Amazon is only going to be um, $5 for four more days. And then it's going to go to regular price, but yeah, man, get those emotions under control. And so when, when we talk about persuading, right. And some tactics and strategies on how to do that. Remember, there's so much stuff you have to do, right? We can't roll out of bed in our boxers and say, we're ready to persuade someone right now, right? Unless it's your spouse or something. Ha, 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 ha. Just kidding. You guys know what I mean though, right? When you're going on an interview, we have to look good. 
We have to show up. We have to feel good. If you haven't seen the six step meditation by Vision Lakiani, hey, we recommend everyone before they go on an interview. It just helps calm your body, right? But remember, you have to position yourself, right, to show up in the best way possible. What does that mean for you? How did you prepare for this interview? Okay. What questions are you going to ask them? How do you get down? How, how do, how do you listen and ask more questions so that we can get to the root cause of why it's important to them? Right. Or what have they already done that hasn't worked? Right. But you need to get to these root causes. Cause if not, it's going to be hard to persuade anybody. Right. The good news is this, while it takes a lot of work to really master this, and while always even if you've almost mastered it, you can always get better, this is one vital tool for you to be able to go impact companies and leave a legacy for yourself, right? So many times, me and Christina for a long time have been talking about, hey, how you can land the job and money that you deserve, right? But here's another thing. What impact is that going to have on your family, right? What impact is that going to have on the people you lead? the company business unit that you manage, right? I don't know about you guys, but we're trying to leave a legacy, right? People to remember us by, being able to lift people up, right? Do you have some of those tactics and strategies? If not, get them as soon as possible. They will serve you so well throughout your career because if you can't persuade someone on an interview, hey, you're never going to reach those upper echelon levels where some of you hope to be one day. Closing comments, Christina. Luther, thank you for purchasing purchasing the the fearless, fearless executive. We appreciate you. Yeah, big thank you to all of you guys. You made that a killer book launch. Um, I'm still buzzing on that, ready to just dive in and write my next book. Um, no final comments. We covered so much of this. This is so much to think about. I think my biggest takeaway again is just another reminder of counting on my processes and systems inside of conversations. Like guys, we always need that reminder because otherwise you will not be in a good flow and you will not achieve like your objective in the conversation. Um, so thank you for joining us. And let's see, Tim, I think we have, and then we're, we're going to go through a couple questions, guys. We're going to try something new. So if anyone has any questions that we'd like to address, cause we got a couple minutes less. Um, one thing I wanted to highlight, John just said right here, Christina years ago, three rounds of testing to get to the top of the applicant pool. He met with the owner who I thought was tough and I got emotional over personal things. After wiping my tears, we did the interview and walked, and I walked out without the job offer. So yes, learn how to control those deep emotions. And hey, you need to be prepared for difficult conversations too. And John, thank you for sharing that, right? You need to be prepared for difficult conversations, right? When I first got out of the military, some of you have heard the story. One of the first interviews I went on, I met with an owner of a company too. And he asked how much I made in the military. And at that time, it was only, it was like 80K, right? Back in 2010 or something. And he almost fell out of his chair. He literally said, 80K, I can't believe we pay you guys that much. Like, be prepared, right? Back then, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I don't know, right? But sometimes things might get tense, right? The reason that that might have happened to, I'm so sorry, now the name is escaping me. John. Uh, John. Is, is, is. I'm not projecting this on your experience, but from what I hear from, from people going into an interview, they're not doing any of these like grounding practices and staying like super focused on an objective. So then you, on an objective, 
So when you have these left, you know, curveballs coming out of left field, you're very vulnerable to break down in that conversation. And an interview can already be highly emotionally charged again, right? There's a lot on the line. You want the job, you want to be the best, you have the best intentions, but when curveballs start coming, you can really collapse. Let's just normalize that for a second. Like there's ways to navigate that and not struggle with that, with a plan, again, proper planning. Guys, and if this is hitting home for you and for, you know what we're saying resonates with you, go and book a call with our team so you don't have to do that time and time again and get some strategies. But just just know that you're putting yourself in, the, in a boiler room. I mean, that's what it feels like sometimes. Um, so thanks, you know, thanks for sharing that. But put together some grounding practices before. Get some thoughts going. Why am I excited about this interview? Um, and going to Luther's question, because we, we got a couple, Christina, he was like, hey, would you recommend me asking the onslaught of why they want to hire me? Probably not that, Luther, right? If you're bold, man, it's your best friend's a CEO or something. But no, hey, we always tell our, our clients, right, the two most important questions, the only reason, think about this, forget an interview for a sec. What is the only reason you are on that interview? You ready? What are they really looking for for this position? Okay, I need to communicate that back to him, Luther. The other thing is, hey, what kind of challenges do you have in your business unit right now, right? And then when they list the challenges, some things I will say is, hey, how long has this been going on? What do you already tried that hasn't worked? How do you think this is impacting the business? Hey, what do you think is the root cause of this problem, right? We need to clarify, but you're right. You're only on there. They can ask you all these weird questions, but the only thing that matters is, hey, what are you looking for? Let me share with you why I have those characteristic traits, experience, skills. And number two, hey, what are your challenges and being able to have a meaningful conversation about that? Because that's the only reason people hire people, right? We don't just hire people for fun. We need someone to do something or we're currently dealing with challenges in our business unit, right? So Luther, I would stick with those. Next is... Um, Linda, I asked in one interview for the interviewer to provide more information, clarification on a question he asked because he was cutting me off and saying I wasn't answering the question with the information he wanted. He responded, I should not need any other information. Yeah, hey, I know. Well, here's the problem with this, um, Linda, is not everyone has, um, not everyone has training on how to interview people, Linda. That's the problem. Right. And I see you got your certification, CSM, SSM. So, hey, you value education and value knowing new skills. But think about this as leaders, ladies and gentlemen, and we're talking about developing this um, for next year, actually, is no one teaches you how to interview. And can we all agree that people are your most vital asset? Right. And almost no one has gone through formal like this is how I conduct an interview. Right. So Linda, that guy probably never had formal training. So he's type A personality, cutting you off, telling you you have enough information. Hey, there's a lot of crazy people in corporate America, even at high levels, right? And I get it. We have all this time people say that they, hey, your final step, Christina, to be the CMO of our company is to create a 90-day marketing plan, but we're not going to give you any information whatsoever, right? And these people are like, well, what do you want me to create? And they give little guidance. Hey, I know that that is not right. Okay. But that just goes to show you that the job search, and we'll end on this, is a lot like dating, ladies and gentlemen. Right. You are going to go on bad dates. 
Also, that sounds like somebody who's not very emotionally regulated. Okay. So getting high, getting triggered. So you don't just have to be sad and teary eyed and that some of this goes straight to anger. Okay. And you're going to deal with upset, frustrated, angry people. That's why it's important. Again, like just to reiterate what Tim is saying to be be in control of your emotions. Now you're making great decisions and you can exit the conversation because you dodged a bullet. Like I always tell everybody, you dodged a bullet. I hear about this every week, by the way, guys, like people going into very, very low quality interview situations and or great interview situations, poor interviewer (laughs) or great companies, poor interviewer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So one of the most impactful things, maybe we'll hit that in a couple of weeks, but we're going to wrap up with this, right? Learn how to persuade people by asking the right questions, by clarifying, and by showing up as the best version of yourself. If you can do this and follow the strategy, hey, you can convert interviews to offers, okay? Additionally, make sure you're picking the right companies because you are interviewing them as well, okay? If people are cutting you off, being angry, not following up, hey, let's be honest, that's probably not the best, you know, position for you. As always, hey, if you need help in your career, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. Until next week, we appreciate you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.